Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, and the Jersey Mike's news and notes for the week, our news and notes, as the Atlanta Tip-Off Club announced on Monday the 50 men's players to watch during the season-long competition for the 2023 Jersey Mike's Naismith Trophy Men's Player of the Year honor. Kentucky's Oscar Shibwe reappears on this year's list, and he could become the first repeat honoree since Virginia's Ralph Sampson won three awards from 1981 to 1983. Duke freshman Derek Whitehead, the 2022 Jersey Mike's Naismith Boys Player of the Year, also made the list. Additionally, Iowa junior Chris Murray looks to follow in his identical twin brother's footsteps as a 2023 candidate after Keegan was a finalist for 2022. Now we'll pare this down to 30 players in February, down to 10 national semifinalists in early March, and following those results, the four finalists will be named on March the 21st. The ACC leads all conferences with nine candidates on that list. The Big 12 and SEC follow with seven players apiece, and the Big 10 and Pac-12 each placed six on the list. 11 schools claim two or more candidates with North Carolina and Duke tied with three each. It's going to be a great college basketball season that is underway. And to really honor Oscar Shibway, my guest this week is the longtime voice of the Kentucky Wildcats, Tom Leach. We'll talk about Oscar, what he means to Kentucky basketball, and something very special that's coming up at Rupp Arena on Friday night. All of that with Tom when we come back after this from Jersey Mike's. If Jersey Mike's turkey had a resume, it would say it's 99% fat-free and raised without antibiotics. But our turkey already has its dream job at Jersey Mike's because premium meat makes a sub above. It's an honor to have with us this week on the podcast, the voice of the Kentucky Wildcats, Tom Leach. Tom, how are you, sir? Thanks for taking time to join us. Bob, I'm doing uh, fantastic. Excited about uh, getting college basketball cranked up with a little overlap with the end of the football season. I I hear you on that one. Uh, What a great time of year. Let me ask you about our reigning Jersey Mike's Naismith National Men's Player of the Year, Oscar Shibwe. We're so excited. We had a chance to meet him last year at the Final Four and uh, certainly a worthy recipient. And back, a chance to repeat as the Player of the Year. First time, if he pulls it off, since Ralph Sampson back in the 80s. We wanted to get to know Oscar a little bit better through your eyes. So when I say Oscar Shibway, what comes to mind? Gosh, uh, uh, genuine. <laughs> um, I mean, he is, uh, uh, you know, the popularity of Kentucky basketball. And he is likely to leave here as one of the most popular players in Kentucky basketball history. Um, and that's because I think of just, uh, his personality combined with his basketball skill set. you know, he's a relentless rebounder. And so the Kentucky fans love the, just the hard work aspect of that. And he, you know, says all the right things. It's all about team and teammates. And then, um, off the court, you know, he, uh, shares his faith very willingly, uh, it's very important to him. Uh, connects with a lot of fans on that level. Um, you know, after games, it was uh, no surprise to see him come out. I mean, Cal would come out to po- courtside and do his post-game show with our radio network, and you'd see Oscar down there 
signing, and he wouldn't leave until he signed every autograph or took every picture. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of players that, you know, hang around for a while and they'll sign some and then, you know, they move on and that's, that's understandable. I mean, they've got, you know, class, class work or activities or social life, whatever. And Oscar just stayed until everybody got their picture or their autograph. And so fans just adore him. So refreshing to hear that. Was there ever a doubt, Tom, in your mind that he would not return this season? Not really, because with the way the NBA is this uh, at this time, his uh, skill set isn't as valued as it would have been in earlier times. You know, it, uh, he, he's not a he's trying to incorporate more of a you know, longer range shooting into his game. I don't think he's given much of a three point threat, but I think he can hit you know an, an elbow jumper, a fifteen, seventeen footer. And so he's going to try to do a little bit more of that or, uh, you know, show him some additional things that he can uh, make himself a little more appealing. But because the, uh, you know, he wasn't going to be a first-round draft pick, with NIL he was able to, name image and likeness, be able to make a, a good amount of money last season. And now this year is taken, being able to take that to a much higher level. So I think, you know, he's probably – uh, doing really well financially, and that made it easier to to come back rather than you know a lot of guys before NIL came along would have gone ahead and gone to the NBA, and even if it didn't work out, they'd you know play overseas or there'd be plenty of opportunities to to make money. But now kids can uh, make decent money by staying at the school they're playing at and be on you know when you're talking about Kentucky, uh, a platform that gives you a chance to get a lot more endorsement deals because you have that big stage. Let me ask you about his health, because he missed the opener on Monday. How's he coming along, and when can we expect to see him? I think there's probably a lot of optimism that you'll see him at the at no later than the Champions Classic game up in Indianapolis against Michigan State on Tuesday. Um, probably a slight chance that he could play in a game on Friday, but that's probably it's more likely the Michigan State game. When this came up, what Calipari said, I think he, what Oscar was experiencing was just you know, maybe a little pain and a little swelling. And it really, you know, he probably could have played the year through it, but they thought, let's go ahead. And it's a very, you know, simple, uh, as, you know, as they say, minor surgery, surgery on somebody else, but simple and <laughs> minor surgical procedure uh, to uh, what they what they would call probably clean up some, maybe it's a, a loose, you know, bone fragment or something in um, in a knee that causes a little swelling and or a little pain. And so they just take care of that. But then, you know, you have uh, a little bit of time to recover from the procedure, and you got to work back into, uh, you know, uh, shape to play. And so that takes a little bit of time. But, uh, you know, he, he looks to be just seeing him, you know, at practice. He's not practicing yet, but just, you know, walking around, and uh, he seems to be moving just fine. You don't notice, you know, any limp or anything. So I think he's pretty close to coming back. Tom, as you know, Kentucky always has a great schedule. You get everybody's best shot every night. But this year's schedule seems to be as exciting as ever. You mentioned Michigan State. You've got Gonzaga coming up. The trip to London uh, is fantastic. UCLA at the Garden. Uh, You've got Kansas coming into Rupp in late January. Uh, Even by Kentucky standards, this schedule is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be tested for sure. Um, The – Normally, you kind of go from that Champions Classic game in mid-November until 
the first or second weekend in December, and you'd kind of you'd see them tested in the Champions Classic, and then about a month later you'd see uh, you know a, a strong test again and see how far they had come. Well, now you're going to get Michigan State and Gonzaga in the same week. Um, then you'll have a couple of weeks, and then you'll come back and go to London, play a good Michigan team. Uh, so they they will get you know plenty of opportunities to you know to polish up their resume to try to be a number one seed on Selection Sunday. And um, obviously, looks like on paper they've got a great shot to do that. Tom, speaking of the schedule, the blue-white scrimmage is the annual tradition game to get the season started the inter-squad game, but Coach Cal did something different this year, moved the game to Pikeville, Kentucky, and something very special happened that night. If you don't mind, for our listeners on the podcast, would you take us through that entire story from beginning to what will be the culmination Friday night at Rupp? It started with just some uh, massive flooding in the eastern part of Kentucky and uh, just devastating for uh, a lot of people in that part of the state and it is you know as as uh, hot of a hotbed for the wildcats uh, in in the commonwealth and um, so cal has always been eager to use his uh, platform as the kentucky basketball coach and with his team to try to help out uh, people in the state and, and elsewhere He's, the first one was the earthquake down in haiti in the first year I think he was here but uh they had you know, some massive tornado tornado outbreak last December and so he helped there so with the flooding hit you knew they were going to do something to, to help and they uh did some uh, appearances and uh, helped had a telephone to raise money but then they decided how about if we could we take the blue white game instead of just playing it in Rupp Arena uh and could we take that out to Pikeville because they had a a nice arena there where the University of Pikeville plays holds about 7,000, and they could get a nice crowd and uh, let the fans there. And, and so the fans in that part of the state got first shot at the tickets, and it would be uh, you know something to maybe lift the spirits of the people who had gone through some very challenging times. So that's how the game became came to be played in Pikeville. And so then they played the game on uh, the 22nd of October, I believe it was, and – at some point, uh, there's a picture that gets posted on social media of this uh, gentleman at courtside uh, with his uh, young son, and we later learn his, his wife, and the, so the whole family's there. And he is just covered in in what looks like soot. Turns out it's coal dust. And what happened was he had had to work that day, and by the time he got got off work. He could have gone home and, and showered, but he would have missed a good chunk of the game with his son. So he just came straight from work. Uh, Michael McGuire is his name, and his wife uh, Molly later came to tell people after the story went viral that you know this happens, you know, fairly often where he'll have to come straight from the coal mine to a little league game or or whatever other activity the kids they have are involved in. <clears throat> so somebody snaps that picture. And then uh, the story starts to circulate a little bit, and then Cal sees it, and it connects with him because his grandfather had worked in the coal mines in Pennsylvania. Uh, so that was a, a big part of the, the backstory for his family coming into this country. And um, so, you know, it, it uh, resonated with people, whether it was the, the, you know, the coal miners in eastern Kentucky connection or just 
you know, a, a dad wanting to have that experience with uh, with a, a kid, a son or a daughter. I, I remember Jack Evans and I said during our broadcast of the thing that there were probably, because you saw, you saw a lot of kids around, and we were saying there's probably a lot of first times seeing the Wildcat memories that were going to be made that night for a lot of those kids. And they were there with, you know, their parents, like it turns out this was. But because the guy was a coal miner, and that's such a big part of the history of eastern Kentucky, and because he's just covered in coal dust when he comes to the game, it just uh, connected with people and uh, uh, went viral. And uh, so, anyway, Calipari wanted to do something special for them, and so they're going to come up to the Duquesne game on Friday. Uh, They're going to send down a, a U.K. team bus that carries the team, to bring up this family and a lot of ex, you know, some extended family. I think there's probably a dozen or so members of the, the family that are going to be at Rupp Arena for the Kentucky-Duquesne game. And I'm sure they'll be at the, the shoot-around that day and, and get the uh, the royal treatment for, uh, from Kentucky basketball. It's a fantastic story, and it brings tears to my eyes every time I read about it or hear about it and, and can't wait to see this come full circle at Rupp Arena on Friday night. Before I let you go, Tom. They're Tom. probably going to come back to a second game. I think they, oh, wow. They, they wanted to, uh, they, Cal said, <laughs> pick whatever game you want. And uh, I think they picked the Kansas game. Uh, not that, so that's a good choice. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there were a lot of people, part of the family, that wanted to be included in this. So they're actually going to, I think, get to come twice, once for everybody, and then once where, you know, you it's, it's kind of, not that the easiest thing to come up with, you know, a dozen plus tickets for the Kansas game. So, right. Uh, uh, they'll, I think they'll probably come back, uh, maybe just, you know, mom, dad, and, and, uh, the kids for the uh, Kansas game, but this will be a, you know, a, a big deal and they're going to, you know, make a big deal about it. I'm sure at the game and, uh, big blue nation will embrace them. And so it'll be, uh, just a, a kind of a wonderful story. We will be on the lookout for that on Friday night. Before I let you go, Tom, on a personal note, uh, it'll be a different broadcast season uh, for you at Kentucky. Uh, we lost our dear friend Mike Pratt. He was a TV partner of mine for many years and a guy who's been at your side for a long, long time. We lost Mike earlier this season, uh, this year. And uh, you know, I just wanted to remember Mike because of all he's meant to Kentucky to Kentucky basketball, to the game of college basketball. Uh, We will miss him so very dearly. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I started doing Kentucky basketball in November 2001 with Mike. Uh, Ralph Hacker and Sam Bowie had been doing the games, and they stepped down. And so Mike and I got the call. And so um, we've been partners for, uh, you know, we're 20 years together. And it uh, feels strange, you know, not to – see him not to talk to him regularly uh i think I'll, I'll really notice it when we get on the road trips because you know you you go out to dinners together and you go to practice and uh, i just love talking basketball with him i'm sure you had those same experiences he, he knew so much about the game and knew so many people in the game and um great stories you know from his days he's a college coach and a pro assistant coach and a scout and a media guy and um you know had always when i have occasion to do talks. I tell people I just use Mike's stories because they're much better than mine. Great, some great <laughs> stories from the coach rub days. Uh, just a, you know, a wonderful guy. And uh, as they say, cancer sucks. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Tom. And have a great season. Uh, the Cats uh, are ready to go, and the football team is rolling. So you're in for a lot of fun, my friend. Yeah. It's uh, times are good. They come off and football comes off a nice win over Missouri and uh, number one Georgia 
coming up after this Vanderbilt uh, game this weekend. So uh, it's you know when you got football and basketball both doing well. Kaywood Ledford, I always use the line. Kaywood Ledford always told me. You sound better when they win, and I found that to be so. <laughs> Amen to that. Tom, thanks so much, and best of luck. You're welcome, Bob. That's it for this week. We are off and running with a brand-new college basketball season for the men and the women. Enjoy every bounce of the ball. Until next week, Bob Rathbun from all of us here at the Naismith Awards saying so long.